This is R.J. Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes This down. one by Mattingly. Oh, hang on to the R.J. Barrett does it again from downtown. He is just tearing the Orioles apart. It's good. It's good. Randall gets the bounce, and he ties the game. All right, and here we go again. Another loss. What is it? Four? Four in a row? I'm losing count here. By the Knicks, episode 320. Welcome to the podcast, guys. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. And if you're new here, be sure to subscribe. You can listen to the podcast on the many different listening platforms. And you can also watch the podcast if you want on YouTube. Welcome to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. And we also do MMA on the weekends now, too. Big card coming up, so we'll be, you know, um, at least recapping that. We might have a preview out, depending on how busy I am Thursday, Friday. Welcome to the show. Um, sorry. Just adjusting. I'm like, uh, not hot, but like, it's a bit humid in here. And it shouldn't be, because it's winter time. I don't know what's going on down here in the studio. I need to open a window or something. Um, thank you for stopping by. Yeah, episode 320 of the show tonight. Listen, it's the same thing. So I don't want to waste any time. I just want to get right into it. Let's get this done. Edit it. Um, although I don't do much editing for this podcast because most of it is just raw. It's just straight through. Um, but, you know, I do have to upload it and everything to the platforms and all those things and make the promo. So I want to get this done uh, and then uh, go about my day. Got some assignments to finish for class and then whatever... What's today? Wednesday? I don't know. Maybe there's an ESPN basketball game on tonight. And then I, you know what I started doing? I um I can't do too many episodes per night because I'm I'm busy with work and school. But I've started watching. I finished I finished up Ozark, and I think Ozark season four was good. The first half of it. Um, the second half has yet to come out, but um. I always need a show to watch at night. Like, I need something to keep my mind. So I'm watching Ozark. That's done. Um, on Sundays, I watch that Yellowstone prequel, 1883. But lately, I started re-watching because I, I, I still... So I, I... The Walking Dead. I've, I've... I hopped on the Walking Dead train. I want to say, like, season four-ish. And then I stopped watching like two years ago. I, I just, there's no reason, no rhyme or reason. I just, I didn't, didn't really um, keep up with it. But I've never seen, so I haven't seen like the later seasons. And I also never saw the beginning seasons. So lately, a couple days ago, I started watching um, The Walking Dead. I'm going to do it from the very first season. I'm doing it from the first season to, and I'm, I'm going to try and catch up as soon as I can. But I really like it. I really like the beginning 
part because I didn't see it before, and it's really interesting. And I hear that's, I hear that's the best part. So, yeah, I started watching The Walking Dead because um, that's that's a show. Like that's one of the first long series that I watched. You know, I used to watch it live every Sunday with my family. We all watched it together, and uh, in, in the in the family room upstairs, every Sunday it was big. We were all into the Negan thing, and um, slowly but surely people started dropping out <laughs> to a point where it just become me and my two parents where it used to be all seven of us in the room watching and um but yeah I'm, I'm starting that up again and we'll see where this show goes because I'm interested to see the beginning seasons and where it is right now but um yeah started watching The Walking Dead anyways I said I wouldn't waste your time just did so before we waste further of your time um let's get to break come back we'll get right into this next game all right stay with us be right back hey guys so i've noticed that only a small portion of you who watch bd4 on youtube are actually subscribed so if you do enjoy this podcast and maybe you want to be notified when new episodes release i'd consider subscribing and also hitting that notification bell this way, we can help the channel grow, and you won't miss a single episode of BD4. Alright, let's get back to it. So, if you guys want to follow me on social media, be sure to do so right now. I'm on Facebook at RJ Carbone. And I'm also on Instagram at Rob J. Carbone. Once again, if you want to find me on Facebook, that is RJ Carbone. Instagram at Rob J. Carbone. All right. So let's get right to it, man. It was rough. <laughs> um, the Knicks lose last night second of a back to back drop this one to the Nuggets 132 to 115 came out competitive I guess you know they had 36 points in the first quarter but it was the same thing in the very end and they just couldn't keep their foot on the gas and they are now 0-3 on the road trip four losses in a row overall I think they, I was watching on the Denver telecast last night, and I have been lately because my subscription for Fubo TV ran out, and I don't feel like paying another seventy bucks, which is bullcrap because I'm only doing it for MSG. So I've been watching, you know, streaming it online on these sketchy sites, and, and when you do it that way, you only get the home feed. So I was watching on the Denver feed, and they said the Knicks haven't beaten Denver since two thousand six. And they've also not beaten them, or, or they've also lost 12 out of 13 now under Mike Malone. <laughs> so, you know, I, I knew we were bad against them, but I didn't know it was that brutal. Now, the 2006 thing, I don't know if that's in Denver or against the Nuggets overall, but I know the Malone thing was interesting to me. But even when we had, like, Carmelo and... I just always remember not playing well against that team. 
I don't know if it's the altitude or whatever, but yeah. But four losses in a row. We allowed 83 points in the first half of that game. 83 points. We scored 60 points in the first half. Shot 49% from the field. 45% from three. And we still went into the half down 23 points. That is embarrassing. That is effort. That's All that is is straight up effort. Now, I did also think that we we really missed Mitchell Robinson badly. Uh, we missed Quinton Grimes badly, but but missing both of our bigs left us you know, at an extreme disadvantage. We were completely undersized, and that showed defensively throughout the game. You know, getting stops um, on the boards. <laughs> I mean, look at Mitch's last twenty-four games. He's averaging a double-double: eleven points, ten rebounds, and and uh, one and a half blocks, and almost a steal. We missed that last night. Even Noel, we missed it. We didn't have the bodies to match with Jokic, who had 21 points in a double-double. He won 8 for 11 in the paint. The Knicks were out-rebounded 52-41 to 41 overall and 40-27 to 27 on the defensive glass. Taj Gibson did his best. You know, he scored 12 points, so it was nice to see some offensive production from him. Uh, ten of them came early in the first half. He hit a couple of threes. He played well on those short roll actions, um, giving those pocket passes from the elbows and stuff. But it just wasn't enough. We had some small stretches in the third quarter, one or two in the fourth, where we kind of bit into the lead a bit. But every time we did that, Denver would counter with a run of their own. And in the end, it's just another loss. Now, what, seven games under 500? Season's getting away. It was, a, it was a really, really difficult game to watch as it progressed. Um, Campbell Walker got absolutely clowned. The dude pointed at him, too. He dropped him, and he pointed at him, and it was like a good four seconds. I mean, okay, so, so the Kemba thing, whatever. He's Campbell Walker. He's not a good defensive player. He's a terrible defensive player. But what really stood out to me on that possession, if you watch it, and I'm going to pull it up here, if you're watching the podcast, you'll be able to see the clip, was this right here. You've got Julius Randle, Taj Gibson, and even a little bit of R.J. Barrett perfectly depicting the Knicks' efforts in one play right here. So instead of, especially Randle, so Bones Highland drops Kemba Walker, and instead of rotating up, Randall and his two teammates there decide to put their arms in the air, stare at the official, and Randall even walks downwards, complaining about the uh, about the no call, the no push off, instead of rotating up and playing defense onto Highland, and I thought that right there, perfectly, absolutely perfectly depicts. The Knicks' effort level this season. They would rather complain, stick their hands up in the air, and yell for a call, for a foul than get up on defense and man up and play through it. It was, again, he stood at Kemba. He stood there and stared at Kemba, uh, Bones Highlanded, for a good four seconds wide open. You've got Randall putting his hands up, 
looking at the officials. RJ, Taj doing the same thing. Nobody bothers to rotate up to contest the shot. Just a perfect microcosm right there of this team. It was embarrassing. So forget Kemba getting dropped. That was going to happen. He's terrible. But for, I mean, that that was just, I thought, I laughed. I just, there was a, you know, a slight chuckle as I saw that happen because that's what I was looking at. Bones Highlands actually leads the Nuggets in this one with 22 points. Uh, one of four Nuggets to score over 20. Kemba, meanwhile, had a big two-point effort in 22 minutes out there. Get us a point guard tomorrow. This is insane. I don't even care at this point if it's a mediocre Jalen Brunson. Get me somebody out there. I can't. I can't do this. Years, years, years on years on years on years without a point guard. Then you have late in the game, R.J. Barrett goes down with the ankle sprain. <laughs> Why is he in the game? The, this is there's there's what this is like in the final one minute of the game. The final minute of the game, the Knicks are down. Was it like 15, 20 points or something like that? It's garbage time in the final 60 seconds of the game. R.J. Barrett's in there, and he sprains his ankle. He sprains his ankle. This is what people complain about when, when they when they get on Thibodeau for running his starters, quote, into the ground. R.J. had played 93 total minutes in his last two games, entering this game. You could see it all night. He was fatigued. He didn't have the same energy. His defensive effort was not exactly there. The Nuggets broadcasters actually brought that up at a time. Uh, but he kind of took a backseat to Julius, who was hot. But, you know, we always mention how during this stretch for RJ, his attempts have often been coming at a higher volume than Julius Randle's. But last night, RJ, 19 attempts, no free throw attempts. Randall had 22 attempts and four free throw attempts on top of that in the same amount of minutes, 34-35. So the defensive effort was not there. He was not the same offensively. He's coming short at the rim often. Scored 18 points, but shot just 37%. Um, only rebounded twice. The assists weren't there. Only He was four for six from three. That was nice. But uh, I know, uh, second game in a row, I think, now for RJ, shooting a poor percentage. Listen, I like RJ. He's growing on me again during this stretch. I have to admit, I'm starting to buy in a little bit more and more. I would still like for him to be the number one guy on this team. Give him the keys in the meantime before we get our superstar, whatever the hell that's going to be. Um, but I'd be lying if I said the efficiency doesn't bother me. It's got to start improving. And I am sorry, but I really don't see any legitimate improvement when you look at the stats as far as his field goal percentages and his free throw percentages, his efficiency numbers, not really that big of a jump from the very first game of his career to now. That's not improved enough for me to, to actually be positive about it. He still struggles going right, which has been a problem since he entered the league. He still can't hit his free throws consistently, which has been a problem in two of the three seasons he's had. In, you know, his best season last year, 74%. He still has no consistency in that mid-range area. I mean, he's 33% this season. That's not good. It just can't be threes in that left hand. It can't. And again, I'd be fine with that if 
he was elite in those two spots, but he's not an elite shooter. He's a decent shooter, and he's not an elite finisher. He's a decent finisher with that left. And especially for a guy who, again, I say this often, doesn't have ridiculous athleticism. He's got to start finding ways to be more efficient. Sure, it would help if, if the spacing was a little bit better. The paint wasn't often clogged. You know, but as a guard, it would be nice to see R.J. Barrett put up a 45% field goal percentage for a season for a change. You know, one of these years, that'd be nice. You know, he is a primary ball handler, so it's got to start there with efficiency. I'm getting a little tired of seeing these games where R.J. goes out there and he's just missing shots after shots after shot. Now, it's nice that now he's added a little bit of scoring to it, so, you know, the old R.J., would shoot 30-whatever percent in below and finish with seven points. But at least now, he's taking more shots and being aggressive, and he's getting to the free throw line, although last night he didn't. They could still score you 18 points on a bad night. But the efficiency does have to start improving at some point when it comes to RJ. I got to give credit to Julius. He was great last night. Very good. 28 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists, Three steals. He shot over 50% again. So that's now three games in a row, really, where he showed up. He's making quick, snappy decisions. Sprinting to the basket. His tempo has increased. The screen and roll game is on point. He did well last night on the driving kick, hitting up RJ, Fournier. And I'm looking at it, the last six games for the Knicks. They are number four in pace which is a nice change, and I attribute a ton of that to Randall picking up his speed. He's made it an effort to, to push the pace for the Knicks lately, and you can clearly see that when you watch these games. So good for him. I don't know how long this is going to last. You know, cool, thanks, pal. You know, I'm not going to start praising him now and giving him cookies because he kind of did this to himself. Like His good performances at this point are almost becoming insignificant because the season is is on the... Let's be honest here. They're pretty insignificant at this point. The Knicks are not going anywhere. The season's a wash, so it'd be nice if he did this in the first 50-something games. It's a three-game stretch. Relax. The Knicks paid him $117 million to do what he's been doing for these last three games the entire season. So no thanks on giving him supreme credit. I just have to see this more. And again, it's a little too late. But I'm going to I'm going to be satisfied with it because at least he's doing it now than, than never. But again, it's three games and it's a little too late for me to to like hop on the praise Julius bandwagon. Um so he played well, good for him. Uh but the, but the Knicks gave up way too many points. And listen, I, I I know Tibbs gets a lot of hate for the rotation. I give him shit. For that, his offense. I got to tell you, his defensive scheming this season, I feel like that's not been too great. We're going, last night, we're going drop coverage in the pick and roll against good mid-range shooters. So we get burnt there. Then we're switching it up, making an adjustment, and we, we start to blitz the pick and roll with Jokic in it. So we're blitzing a pick and roll with Jokic in there, Therefore, a weak side has to come over and rotate all the way. But we know they're lazy. They sit there ball watching. 
it's it's this just very and part of it's on the players too. You got to put your effort in. You know, all season long it's been like this though. Too much ball watching. We're missing our reads. Lazy going around screens. Poor rotations all year. Getting beat backdoor constantly on those cuts. Last night again. And you see these wide open three point shots. When you watch us off the ball, our defense, we're cheating way too far middle. So by the time we do close out on the perimeter, it's basically a pointless closeout most of the time because he's wide open. Some of the scheme, it's just too focused on on the paint. You know, I don't understand it, and that's been a thing for a bit now. Not just under Tom Thibodeau. I don't like how everybody cheats middle. I don't love that. In the way we defend screens, especially without Mitch, you got mid range shooters with too much space. Bench wasn't good last night. They got absolutely torched by the Denver bench. Especially quickly, and, and Cam Reddish didn't give you much. Gotta say, I, I'm, not, I'm not as high on quickly as I once was. Kind of off that boat right now. He's just he's just way too inefficient of a player. Now, he's done a better job as a playmaker this season. But I mean, his shot selection seems like it's gotten worse. He's still super inefficient. He can no longer hit consecutive shots, it seems like, without missing for a streak anymore. <clears throat> it's crazy. Looking at his numbers, he's now 36% on the season. 33% from three-pointer and 41.5% from two. He's also not getting to the line as much, you know, with the league cracking down on that whole uh, non-basketball move when you lean into your defender. He's not being able to do that anymore. I, I'm not impressed with him, man. I'm really not super high on him anymore. Now, that said, I'm not saying to stop playing the kid. He's still young. I think at this point you have nothing to lose. He's a young player playing in a different role this season. So, and I still think he's their best option um, as a playmaker without Derrick Rose right now. But the scoring, the efficiency, the shot selection is, at times, it's shocking. And last night, you know, even as a playmaker, he was still missing and was late on a couple of reads. But I just, I just think, yeah, I think we need to hype down a little bit. A lot of Knicks fans do this, man. Remember last year when he was rolling in that first half? Knicks fans were just calling him the point. They called him the point guard of the future. We do this with a lot of our prospects. I remember the Iggy Brasdegas hype. Calling him a steal. I don't even know if that guy's in the NBA right now. Same thing with Kenny Wooten. Is that guy even in the NBA? There was a lot of hype on Wooten. You guys were in a cult when it came to Frank Nilakina. Uh Knox got a lot of hype. You know, the, the Paul George, KD, uh, Tobias Harris comparisons. DSJ, you know, the second coming of D-Rose. And, and right now you're, you're hyping up this kid we've got down in Westchester. This Rokos kid, or is he across seas right now? Rokos, Joe Combinus? I don't even know how to pronounce the kid's name. I mean, we have to chill out. Because we do this so much. It, it, it comes from a good spot. From a good place in your heart. We want to get that guy. And we haven't had that point guard for years. So I understand it. 
you know, I would say like since Marbury, I'll give you Felton. He was good in 2013, but it's, it's like we, we, we jumped too far ahead. You know, actually speaking of Bones Highland, that's who Knicks fans think IQ is right now. <laughs> so we have to calm down, you know, like even some of the kids we have on the roster right now outside IQ. I like Sims, you know, the kid has leaps. I'll give him that. He has leaps. He can hop. He's aggressive. He runs hard. Last night he did a nice job challenging shots, although Jokic still made them. But he held his own when Taj went to the bench with early foul trouble, and I liked how he even defended in space. You know, there were a couple of times where he was switched onto Highland, and he did. He did. He held his own. So he's been nice. I'll continue to say that I'd rather have him go out there and play that backup role than Taj and Noel, either or. I would love to see Sims get more minutes. I know he's smaller than them. But you don't have to... Listen, you don't have to completely cut Taj out of the rotation. But, I mean, Taj doesn't need to be getting damn near 20 minutes a night, folks. Come on. It's time for some youth. I think Sims has the upside to be... Again, I'm not trying to overrate him. But I think he has the upside to be a good, you know, high-quality backup big. Small ball five and then plug him in at the four times. I don't know. But we are kind of logjammed there. So maybe for the second half, we could be showcasing this kid for, for you know, a potential trade in the summer, you know, in the offseason. But, you know, I don't understand Taj getting these minutes in. I don't know, man. Obi, last night he was good. I loved his aggressiveness. Um, he was attacking the rim constantly. And as soon as he came in, he was putting it on the floor faking in the post up, threw a spin move in there, finishing, getting to the line. I loved what I saw, but he only got 15 minutes. At least Cam Reddish is playing, but, you know, again, even with Cam, it takes Kemba getting a scheduled off day. It takes Grimes being injured for him to crack a rotation spot. (laughs) You know? And even Grimes, it took him the whole COVID hit to even crack the rotation. Thibodeau is reluctant as hell to play some of these young kids, and that's an issue. So it leads me to my next question, which we're going to get to when we get back from break. Stay with us, bear back. So BD4 is on so many platforms to listen to. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, You can listen to us on Spotify. You can find us on our sponsor, Anchor, and many other listening platforms as well, wherever you get your podcasts. But we are also available to watch on YouTube. So if you want to watch us on YouTube, go subscribe there. But if you prefer to listen to us, again, many, many, many listening platforms. Just be sure to subscribe, download, give us a rating or a view comment, share the podcast, and all that fun stuff. This is BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. All right, folks. Now, if you are listening to BD4 on Apple Podcasts, be sure to give us a five-star rating and a review, if you so please. So once again, this is if you are listening to BD4 on Apple Podcasts, Give us a five-star rating and review. Thank you.
so so my question here what is our identity you know what what are we doing what is leon rose's true vision of of this nicks organization right now what's his plan does he even know his plan you know are we going to try and and go for that 10 seed just to get washed in the play in tourney or are we going to be a li- a little bit more realistic and see, realize that this team is probably going nowhere and try to sell off on Thursday, clear roster spots, let the kids cook in the second half of the season. I'm ready for that. At this point, I'm, I'm kind of, I, I, I would not be opposed to it. Um, now, at the end of the season, if Tibbs isn't the guy, he's not the guy. Make the change at the end of the year. But right now, I think for now, what you can do is is on Thursday, you get rid of these veterans, and you still compete hard. I'm not, I hate the word tank, but play the youth out there. See what Deuce McBride can give you. Because just being in the spot we are right now, barely clinging to, we're not even clinging. We're 13th or 12th right now, so we're not in it. And we're not going to be in it. Even if we were to magically make that play-in spot, we have to win two games just to get to the playoffs. So being real about it, you're not going anywhere. And the worst spot to be is to just miss out and be in the middle because you don't get that high lottery pick and you don't make the playoffs. So I say sell off on Thursday, play these kids. Problem is, We've got Thibodeau at the head right now. And last night again, we continue to see it. The entire second half, we're down double figures. And the times that we did make a run, Denver counters. Yet, despite this game being a blowout for the majority of the second half, we're still running the starters out there for no reason for so long. And again, it came back to bite us when RJ goes down with the ankle injury, 50-something seconds left. Not even. So I thought much like in the Lakers game, Thibodeau was outcoached. I thought Malone did a real nice job keeping his starters fresh and staggering the minutes of his guys and getting his bench their fair share. And, you know, if the Knicks were playing well, it's one thing to run the starters out there for 40 plus minutes a night. But they're not. You know, does it hurt to play McBride? He played for the the final 50 seconds of the game. Really? I mean, at that point, it's more insulting to do that than if you're just not going to play him. I'd rather not play than be thrown out there for 50 minutes of dog shit. 50 seconds, sorry, of dog shit at the end of the game. It's insulting. So, yeah, I I say at Thursday you have to pull the plug. Um, I I do understand the, the other side of it, though. You know, it's good to develop a culture and try and keep a hunger there for these kids. Push for a playoff spot and you want to see them learn how to be competitive. So I get it. All right. I'm not completely opposed to that. But again, my thing all season long has been adding a little bit more balance to the the rotation and getting the kids a little more time. And right now it's just been a little too top heavy right now when it comes to veteran to youth ratio. 
So it's disappointing to me. Meanwhile, you know, I'm, I'm chilling yesterday. Look down at my phone. Constantly checking up on see if any big deals have happened. And I see the Knicks, or the Kings, rather, ship away Tyrese Halliburton. And then I'm like, whoa, they must have given the uh, Indiana Pacers a complete haul. Or the Pacers, I'm sorry, must have must have given them a haul for that. Got to be a bunch of first-rounders in there. And, you know, and I'm looking at it. It's like Sabonis and, and uh, Kardashian boy. What? You're going to tell me. I mean, if you think the Knicks, organiza- the Knicks front office is bad... What a colossal disaster that Kings organization is. And they're notorious for this shit. But you're trading your franchise player, the best of that class maybe someday, who's who's on his rookie deal. He's making $4 million this year, only $4 million next year. He's got a team option for $6 million the year after that. And then in 24-25, he's making just $8 million on the qualifying offer. You're giving that away for Sabonis, who's a good player, but he's owed $18 million each of the next three seasons. Just to what? For him to get you to the plan? And then get washed? Which you won't even make this year. I mean, they're a 20 and 37 team, I think. They're the 13th seed. There is no shot they're doing anything, even if they magically appear in a play-in tournament. I'm just sitting there, I'm like, what are they doing? It was insane. And it, it, it also hurts as a Knicks fan, because that's 0 for 2 now. You know, I understand nobody wants Randall, but I'm sitting there, all right, we have a, we have a load of, of picks. Couldn't give them two firsts, OB, IQ, and Grimes. I don't fucking care. I would have done that. Maybe not all three of them, but it does hurt seeing, you know, it hurts more because you know, we didn't draft the guy, and then we ended up drafting Obi and keeping Randall and extended Randall, so it was a, a way too. It was just a counterproductive draft. And on top of that, you have Halliburton killing it. And then this happens, and it's like, oh, he was available. You had to think the Knicks would have done something. At least heard some rumors that they were trying to kick tires over there. But it hurts. It hurts. It hurts as a Knicks fan, and it hurts even just. <laughs> I feel bad for Kings fans. I mean, I was looking at their social media pages and they hated it as expected. Oh, brutal. Oh, I think CJ McCollum was in a rumor to go to the Knicks, but he eventually uh, he eventually went to the New Orleans Pelicans, thankfully. Splitting up that, uh, split up that duo over there in, in Portland. They told Lillard they were going to bring in help. Here they are, completely blowing it up. There were the Harrison Barnes rumors. Come to the Knicks, still rumored. I don't know. No, thank you. Play the kids. Um, and am I the only human being who saw that Lavert Fournier rumor and was like, "Oh, I, I would have done it." The rumors that they were they were going up to the eleventh hour to try and make that deal. Now, I at first I didn't realize that there was a first round pick involved in that deal. The Knicks would have had to give away a first round pick to get Lavert. So that said, no, thank you. I don't know, I'm not high on Fournier. All of a sudden, he's he's. A lot of Knicks fans, I was reading their opinions, and they were like, "No, no thanks for Levert. Fournier's trash, bro. He's absolute trash." I'm sorry. <laughs> Guy's getting seventy three million dollars, and he's been playing better lately. That's gonna that's enough for for him to get praised again. 
not giving away a first rounder for him, but I, I just think Fournier is getting a little too much praise from Nick fans lately. Anyway, that was it. The Knicks lose, and and they are now twenty four and thirty one, not going anywhere. Sell, sell, sell. Play the kids. That's all I've got. One more break. When we get back, question of the day to wrap it up. Stay with us. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode. But first, I also want to let you know I have another blog. The blog I'm writing for is on ultimatesportsnetworks.com titled The Bomber Bocker Blog. If you want to go subscribe to this blog, you should do so using my promo code 6A2841 ERJC. Using that, you'd get a discount $7.99 a month to get the best Knicks and Yankees opinionated content around. Once again, guys, the Bomber Bocker blog on ultimatesportsnetworks.com using promo code 6A2841ERJC, $7.99 a month. A custom wall tapestry is a surefire way to uplift any room's aesthetics with a personal touch. This 100% polyester wall tapestry comes with hemmed edges for extra durability while its mildew and water resistant properties ensure years worth of decorating bliss. The advanced tapestry printing techniques guarantee crisp detail even for the craziest of designs in any of the multiple size choices. You can select a size of 26 by 36 inches, 51 by 60, 68 by 80, and 88 by 104. These wall tapestries usually ship in 7 to 10 business days, and the price ranges from $24.99 to $69.99, all dependent on the size you select. The Bomber Bocker blog wall tapestries come in orange, gray, and black. But most importantly, be sure when purchasing a wall tapestry for the Bomber Bocker blog that you use promo code 6A2841ERJC. 6A2841ERJC. Just go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com and click on the Shop MVP tab, searching the Bomber Bocker blog. And there you have it. All right. So for this episode, episode 320, our NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day. This is going to be a Knicks-based question, obviously. Who was the first team the Knicks ever faced in a postseason round? Who was the first team the Knicks ever faced in a postseason round? Let me know the answer on Facebook or on Instagram, whether that be through my DMs or maybe you want to comment the answer once I publish one of the you know short little preview clips to this episode. But guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Another episode of BD4. 
in the books, episode 320. Just recap of the Knicks-Denver Nuggets game and talking a little bit about that trade deadline, which is coming up tomorrow, guys. It's going to be fun. It's going to be very interesting. And I'm either going to be super upset and pissed off, or I'll be content. That's that's the way I think about it. But um, we'll see. We'll definitely see. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. That's all I have. Again, I'm your host, RJ Carbone. Episode 320 of BD4 in the books. I'll see you next time. Ciao. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. It's the best way to make a podcast. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm.